And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. Stevie D, we, I've said this each and every week as we continue to progress through this season. I can't believe we're halfway here. I can't, well, I can't believe we're a quarter of the way through. I can't believe we're halfway here. I can't believe it's the playoffs. And I'm going to say it this week because come get me, Roger. I can't believe it's Super Bowl week. Come get me, Roger. I'm telling you, come get me. No, seriously, it's it's the week of the big game. It has flown. It has flown. I remember when you said in week four, we're a quarter way through, and then, bam, we were like at week 16 in a blink of an eye, and now we're at the Super Bowl game. It's just like sl- slow it down, slow it down. So, uh, yeah, it's sad. Uh, it's sad that it's coming to an end. I mean, this is it. It is. It is. And, you know, as we go through this, you know, we, we, we've we had, as we've gone through the season, we've had some really fantastic guests, right? Uh, we tried to get Nate Turner from, you know, my, my golden era of the Buffalo Bills, right? Nate, good friend of mine, plenty of stories to talk about. But truly, I have to admit that when... I was coming up with the with the radio show back in Buffalo, Oldies 104 WCT AM, that I would do these interviews. And, you know, I was a young kid, didn't have a broadcasting background, and I would go and look at like, wow, there's Thurman, there's Jim, right? And I would see Nate. I was like, there's Nate, right? But when I would talk to Nate, he, he just brought it and made it real. Right. It was like we were boys. Right. I didn't know him at the time. It was like we were boys. And he made it he made it so much easier for me. And I, I really, really was appreciative. And I think later on in life, the appreciation grew. So we tried to get him on before earlier. Right. And, and it ran into some issues. But finally, without further ado, without further is ado, Nate Turner. Nate and I'm so glad to have you on, Nate. I, I gave you your show. Not sure if you heard the intro in our green room. Right. But definitely, I, I I want to say it to you face to face that I'm so appreciative of you, my brother, because when I was young and not having that background in communication and that background in sports media, you know, just cutting my teeth, right? You, you, you were the one that really made it easy for me to transition because I could talk to you. You were able to, to give me feedback just like a regular person and, and didn't look down or anything like that. And that appreciation has lasted a lifetime. And, and I'm really glad to have you on so I can tell you basically. Awesome, man. I, uh, I appreciate it. I try to be as real as possible all the time. You know what I mean? And I was uh, always of the the thought process, I was always one play away from never playing again. So when you keep that mentality, you got, you know, you normal, you normal people like everybody else, you know, I get it. Some guys, you know, uh, when you hit that superstar status. Uh Oh, we may have lost you for a second. See what's going on. We may have lost you, man. But Stevie D, what 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 I was saying, and you know, he he hit it, right? You know, Hello? I, I don't want to say there. We, we lost you for a second. Yeah, you were just saying when you get that superstar status, 
Yeah, well, you know, when, once you hit that superstar status, guys change a little bit. You know what I mean? They do. Guys change, yeah. and uh, I never wanted to change, and I never have. <laughs> No, you know, that, that's real. And that's a great question. Let me ask you, are you coming out of college, you were what, a, a tight end? You weren't a fullback, were you? I played wing back in Nebraska. And uh, Buffalo wanted to try me out as an H-back tight end type deal. But my arms were too short to block defensive ends, you know what I mean? So the natural, the next natural spot was fullback. Okay. And – there's a little bit of a pounding in there. It's a full pound. Going up in that hole first. Yeah, man. You uh, The fullback works for Thurman Thomas in Buffalo. That's the, <laughs> that was what it was. So yeah. concussions and a lot, of, a lot of aspirin. A lot of aspirin, a lot of, you know, smacks in the mouth. Because everybody in the stadium knows if you're in the game, odds are it's coming to you or behind you. Right, right. The 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 good old days. Like your rookie year was what? Ninety three? Was that your rookie year? No, ninety two was my rookie year. Ninety two. Okay, so you came in right in the middle of of all that success, and you got spoiled. Quick, yeah, the hardest you? the hardest team to make in the NFL is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know everything. They come off the Super Bowl, you know, and uh. It was rough. You got to cut out cut out your path, you know what I mean, through special teams and everything else. The offense was set, so you got to jump in there with Steve Tasker and do your thing. Tasker, a Hall of Famer? Tasker, a Hall of Famer? Yes. I agree. Tasker's a Hall of Famer before, before a bunch of those other guys. I absolutely agree. Steve Tasker, Steve Tasker is one of the most unbelievable football players I've ever seen in my life. No, I, I I agree with you, Nate. I, I think he has uh, been overlooked because maybe he doesn't have the touchdowns, but he redefined a position. Right? They did not have a special team roster spot. They didn't have that in the Pro Bowl. All these guys that Matthew Slater coming in afterwards, and all these guys coming in after is because of passing. Yeah, we, we well, talked about that, right? We, we talked about that about Steve Tasker, right? When you're talking about Hall of Fame players and the impact on the game, his impact on the game, he created a position that didn't exist, and now every team has one. And and, and he was masterful in, at that position. He should be in the Hall of Fame. And you, you have to remember that uh, Marv is a special teams guy. That was his thing. You know, I mean, put it this way: I've seen, I've seen Steve catch the ball off of Chris's Moore's foot like two or three times. It's unbelievable, like actually catch the ball off of his foot while he's blocking a kick. Mm-hmm. Steve Tash is unbelievable. He is. I, I just wish he would get his due. I don't know if they think too many. Or they just disregard. You can't say they disregard it because they do talk about special teams. They just never talk about Tasker. Well, he went. He didn't he go into the other. Uh, he moved to another level now, right? After this he, year, he moves to the the other level. So yeah, it's, yeah. uh, it's going to be even tougher for him now. Yeah, yeah. Man, that just means we're getting old, fellas. 
Tell me about it. You see all this grain in here? Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, tell me about it. So, so Nate, your days in Nebraska. Now that's Tom Osborne days, right? Yes. Well, what was it yes. like to play? I took a pay Osborne? cut to come to Buffalo. <laughs> I didn't say that. Did I say that out loud? Did I say that out loud? <laughs> You don't you find Buffalo offering NIL money or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but what was it like to play for for Osborne? One of the legends. One of the legends. Man, Coach Osborne was the uh, one of the greatest men I've ever met. You know what I mean? I was blessed, man. I played for Tom Osborne, Marv Levy, and even Frank Linty when I was in high school. He's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Illinois Hall of Fame coach. So you know when you around good men for that long, man, you can't help but, you know, get some type of glean, some type of knowledge, you know what I mean? And I find myself making decisions with Coach Osborne, you know, talks and as a as man, you know what I mean? And it's uh, it was just a blessing to play for that guy. And I know one thing, if he said dagnamit or gosh darn it, you were in trouble because he didn't cuss. He might as well went into a Richard Pryor epitaph if if he said, "Gosh darn it, dag nabbit, dag 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 gummit," any one of those. It sounds like, um, like um, Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden. Yeah, man. I mean, unbelievable coach, man. Unbelievable guy. The cat, you know. And the the crazy thing about Coach Osborne is, we had an all year reunion. This was probably in two thousand four or five, I stood next to him. He knows everybody's name. Guys that play, he knows their name, knows what, what city they're from, everybody. He remembers, he remembers everybody. You know, that's, that's unbelievable. That's a good leaders. Steve and I were just talking about that the other day, right? The, the good leaders, they have that attention to detail. Um, and and Marv's the same guy. Marv is the same. So, so you're in Nebraska. Marv is the exact alum. same type of guy, man. Where he would, uh, I ran into him at a. Uh, it was a guy that came to Chicago. He had a bunch of bills, paraphernalia. Yeah, I mean, like a whole hotel room full of stuff. And uh, it was I was first. Marv, and this was during COVID. Marv came in second, and Don BB came in third. And I talked to Marv, and he was like, "Can you still run down on kickoffs?" Like he remembers this stuff, man. He is old. I'm like, how do you remember that, man? You know what I mean? What was that, so, CBD? I, I, got, I got to ask you a question about Nebraska. I'm sure you still follow Nebraska pretty well. So out goes Scott Frost. I'm sure you're elated about that, that they moved on from Scott Frost. And are you happy about his replacement? No. He'd never won nowhere. You know what I mean? You you figure for $72 million. I mean, he had a losing record in the NFL. He was he, he was 500 in college. He's never really, you know, you got a bunch of guys that are, you know, they really like him, but I haven't. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. You're either going to hire a Nebraska guy or you're going to go out and find a winner. You know what I mean? This guy, he's not he's not really proven and it's just uh it's tough, man. And 
so now he's going after all these four and five star guys, which I get, but in reality, when you develop players, like I come from the school of development, you know what I mean? I came, you know what I mean, when uh, we had a freshman team in Nebraska. It looks like he froze up on us again. Steve going in on the Nebraska head coach. <laughs> well, you know, well, I, I, I was able to meet some folks from Nebraska right through my recruiting trips for Richard for baseball. And so, I mean, you want to talk about passionate fans. And so we we talk about Nebraska football because, you know, you're, you're making conversation with people. Um, at in the stands, they got the Nebraska shirts on, and they said, "Oh, how's it going?" And the new one, they're doing the toilet, and, and they would say, "This guy Frost, when are we gonna get rid of this guy?" I've been a dire for this long. I only could take so much, and they would go crazy, crazy, crazy against Scott Frost. So, I would assume you know Nate would be the uh, the same way. Uh, you know what's interesting though, if if you look at it, I I don't know about the high school coach, but. I mean, you think about the legends that he played for and, you know, the the analogy that he's drawing to all of them, right? Being great men, being great leaders, right? And just how much their attention to detail. And, and I'm sure most of the coaches have that level of attention to detail. But those ones that are struggling, Stevie D, we've talked about that, right? We've talked about do they have that level of it? Nathaniel Hackett, right? Not, not throwing people under the bus. Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Steve Wilkes, Anthony Lynn, right? The, these are guys that are out there who suddenly kind of become the retreads, right? But never really remember, – remember I was talking about the coaching, the coaching platform, right? You have that tier one, tier two, tier yeah, three. Yeah. I think it's really – you see that attention to detail get uh, wider and wider the higher you get. Right. And when you get to be that that coach, that that Hall of Fame level coach, that tier four that can take you to championships and potentially win the big game. Those are the guys that he's talking about. Right. Again, that's why I love having these guys on Stevie D, because they give you that level of insight. Sometimes the things that you really don't think about or that you may think they, they, they kind of put that stamp on it. Well, we think we know. But at the end of the day, we're all outsiders in their world. Yeah. yeah. They lived it factually, right? So we we often talk about speculation, we think, or whatnot. And they really know go, what goes on in the clubhouse, in the locker room, and, and what happens and, and stuff. So you're right to, to listen to, you know, Nate or, 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 or Cope, you know, talk about their, their football journey and their life and their coaches, right? Sean talked about his memo when we first had him on. Yes. Yes. He went from high school all the way through, right, and talked about coaches to players to, to everything. And it is – it's so different than what we think about. And, and just, you know, going through the podcast, you gain so much knowledge and insight from the former players. Um, and it's like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. Man, I really didn't think about it that way, and and so it just gets you to think a little bit differently. Um, and, You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, hey, you know, obviously had, having a little technical difficulties there. You know, hopefully we can get Nate back. Uh, if not on today's show, you know, definitely just to extend it and really want to kind of just pick his brain a little bit, right? 
Um, and of course, you know, anytime you get somebody from that golden era of Buffalo Bills football, uh, that that that's always a good thing. You know, what's interesting if we get Nate back um, this time or, or another day. You know, he mentioned he came up in the middle, right? And he said the offense was set. Mm-hmm. And how do I how do I want to phrase this? Like, would you rather be drafted? to a team where you would have gotten more reps mm-hmm. or go to a team that's man you mm-hmm. he said 92 so I don't I wasn't sure if that was he came in during the second Super Bowl or or was it the third year of the Super Bowl you know it gets confusing to me of when the Super Bowl actually gets played because it's the following year so that that was the first, that was the first oh Nate's back that would have been the first Cowboy Super Bowl the first right? Cowboy 92. Bowl. Okay. 92, 93 Super Bowl, 93, 94 Super Bowl. And then they went off the rail. Hey, welcome back. Hey, man, I don't know what. My phone got hot and then shut off. <laughs> weird. We, so we were just talking about uh, trying to. What happened? Okay. Yeah, so CBD was trying to put a timeline. So your first year was with the Bills was the first Cowboys Super Bowl, right? Yeah, so that would have been the 92 to 93 and then 93 to 94. So I have an an interesting question for you, Nate. So you came up in the the middle there in, in that run, that Super Bowl run, and even success after that. And you talked about coming to a team that the offense was set. Would you have traded that in to be drafted from a different team to where maybe they didn't have the Hall of Fame running back and that maybe you would have been used differently as a as a tight end or a uh, a run or H back? Yeah, you know what? That's a tough one. I you know what? Uh being part of the Bills organization was awesome. It was awesome. You know, and uh Billy Brooks, Billy Brooks always tells me, like, man, if you'd have been on another team, you might have, you know, you might have been the feature guy. They, that was right when the big back thing started happening and Natron Means and all that. So, yeah, I mean, in a funny way, yeah, but no, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade those Bills days because it was the team, you know what I mean? And when you're part of a, when you're part of something like that, it makes it special. You know, maybe I'd have ended up in Chicago and nothing would ever happen. You know what I mean? And I'd have had a good career, but, you know, it's like they were just talking about Dick Buckus. Dick Buckus never played in the playoffs. You know what I mean? That's crazy, right? Wow. So, I mean, I don't know. I, nah, I, I think I'd leave it like it is. I'd leave it like it is. I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. Awesome. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people give me a, a lot of grief. Even on the golf course yesterday, um, I heard somebody say something to the extent of, um, "So your team went to four Super Bowls and didn't win one." I, I I always have to stop them. I have four AFC championships, right? Understand right. that, respect that, right? Four consecutive AFC championships. On top of that, right? They, I consider what they call what they call the Super Bowl. I call it an exhibition game, right? I have logic to this exhibition game, 
It's the fact that once you get down there for Super Bowl week, it is not like any week of the previous 16-plus playoffs, right? The most hype that you may get close to it is the conference championship. But you got media day. You got media members all over the place. You got parties. You got uh, uh, advertising companies. You, you got everything coming out the woodwork. You got all the females that are traveling down. What's that? That That's right. When, when Buffalo had his run, they had two straight weeks of this, right? It's it, so a it really, it really became an exhibition, right? It, it didn't, then the game starts, right? You got 20 minutes that you've come out of the locker room, right? You all hyped up. You, you had the last minute and everything else. You come out, you got the national anthem, you got another flyover, you have God Bless America, you have some other. Uh, festivities that they want to have. And this is all before the coin toss, right? Then you have the coin toss. See, Stevie D, I'm trying, I'm trying to break it down for you now. And, the, and you've seen it. Then you have the coin toss. Then you get the flyover. Now you got all this smoke on the field, right, with the flyover. And then you kick off. Then after you kick off, right, it takes you a while to get acclimated to the game. Next thing you know, it's halftime. Not a typical halftime. Now you got to sit there and wait for Michael Jackson, rest, rest his soul. You got to wait for Beyonce. You got to wait for Jay-Z. You got to wait for the who or whoever's out there to put on a full-length concert while, while you're trying to get ready to come back out. It's an exhibition, right? And so I, I really put more credence to the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship. And then, you know, the, the rest is just, you know, if you win it, great. You want to. But if you don't, the one that matters is that AFC Championship. I'm outnumbered here two to one on this call, but <laughs> I'm just going to say it sounds awful. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not bitter, but because you don't have one of those trophies, so you're making it, it's saying it's okay about the having the AFC champ. I'm not taking anything away because the, the feat that the Buffalo Bills did of going to four, the winning four straight conferences is it's unbelievable. You know what? Right? We haven't I seen that, and I don't know if we'll see that, right? With with our teams, I believe that it became such a momentous job to get back to the Super Bowl. We didn't think about winning. It was the whole, we're back. Everybody was against us. Nobody wanted us in the Super Bowl. Then we got back to the Super Bowl, and the kind of the, the air left the balloon. Mm emotionally, you know, and people don't realize that. This is just like the Bills this year. They went through so much emotionally, starting off with the shooting and everything else that happened in Buffalo. Just emotionally, they were spent. You could just see it. I could see it. They were hey, I, 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 I will say this, right? I, I think I differ with you on this year. I think this year they got smacked in the mouth, and they thought all along that they were the big bullies of the block, and they got hit in the mouth, and they didn't know how to react at that point. Um, I do I, I do agree with him, though, that that run to the Super Bowl, you oftentimes you'll hear players talk about how many games that they've played in a season, right, whether it be baseball, right, you see – you know, they, they've 
because they've got, and you know this from being a Yankee fan, right? You go back to so many playoff games, you start adding up those four or yeah, those seven you're adding seasons to your career. Mm-hmm. You add it all up. And I think that that was very true for Buffalo. I do, you know, personally, I think, and, and to what Nate was saying, it was a goal to get back, right? Because what happened after the second one, and really that would have been Nate, your, your, your rookie year, what happened after the second one, you started hearing chirping. Right from the national media, you see, and it's not like what it was, to, what it is today, right? We have all kinds of social media, so the chirping would have been even louder. I can't, I can't hear you all. Can you all hear no, me? Yeah, we can hear you. I can't we can hear you. Hear you. What, what I was telling Steve is that the national media was chirping, right? So you would see it in Sports Illustrated, you'd see it in, in USA Today, but you, you, you'd see these little, little statements, right? That they didn't want you back. And that was okay, right? Because they had the goal to get back. I think what what really ended up happening is that it was more the drive to get back and put it back in your face and say, we are that good. Um, but I, I do think that that fourth one, that fourth Super Bowl, I do believe that when you had the fumble coming out of halftime, I think that changed everything. I, I, you know, you just like, here we go again. And, you know, not to, this is no shame on Thurman because Thurman's my boy, forever my boy, right? But I think that that was it, right? That 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 was it. But, uh, well, I, I know, just want to make one, one, one comment there. I, I know we lost Nate. Hopefully we'll be able to get him back. Hey, Terry, is, you know, I'm not a Buffalo guy, right? So it's harder. I don't have the same emotion or feelings that Buffalo Bills fans have. But I, I often wonder if you win that first one, do you, do you don't you come, come back. back? No. You 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 may come back in 93. You may come back in 93. Maybe you come back in uh 90, 91, in the 90, 91 season. Maybe you go back to back, but you don't go four. The the hunger. Well, I wonder you start losing people because hey, I won the Super Bowl now. I want to. I'm going to get. I'm going for that contract, right? Uh, well, not 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 at that time. Free agency was relatively 92. new. Right, it was ninety two. It, it was relatively new, so you wouldn't have had the same like what we see today, right? But I I do think that there's something to just the determination, right? That that you have inside yourself and as a collective group, similar to what Nate was talking about, at that collective group, that now it, it's a goal. You have got to get there. It's us versus the world when you start hearing the likes of a Mike Lupica. I'm sure you know the name Mike Lupica, right? You start hearing Mike Lupica going out, spouting off, talking all this kind of stuff, right? This is when ESPN was really, to me, in its heyday, they had the sports reporters, right? And right. Mike Lubick was not the sports reporters. And he's like, I mean, just dogging Buffalo. Well, Lubick, say, say what you really want to say, right? The funny thing is when I was at uh, WHCT Radio, one of the guys on the sports show with us went to the Super Bowl in Minnesota. That would have been the 91 Super Bowl. Gets in the elevator with Mike Lubick, and I guess they kind of went at it. Right. Which was, which was good. Cause you, you didn't have anybody to fight back against Lupica. Right. But that was the noise and the chirping that you were hearing. So, uh, you know, I, I'm 
I, I again, it was the to me golden era. Wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, I, I do wish that they they had the the Lombardi Trophy, but Lamar Hunt shines just as nice. I'm gonna tell you that right now, it shines just as nice. So, Nate, what what, what do you think about the game coming up this week? Uh, you got two different styles. You know, you got different type of quarterbacks back there. But uh, what, what what are your thoughts? You know what? I believe that. Uh, trust me, I love Patrick Mahomes. But the Eagles' defensive line, they got like seven guys. They rotate in, and they fresh. So it's like a track meet for those guys. They're fresh, and they're coming. I think they have they have 78 sacks. Yes. And I think the other – and they're number three of all time. The other two are the 85 Bears and the 84 Bears. They're five, Look, and they're they, five and sacks away. And they do it without blitzing. They're yes. five sacks away. So it's all defensive line team. play. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, they, they drafted defensive line. They got the the kid out of Georgia, right? They brought in Damakatsu in. <laughs> this is already to go with Fletcher Cox. I mean, it loaded up front, just loaded. They, they over, have four overload. guys with double digit sacks. Four guys with double digit, on the defensive line. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they, they rotate them. They rotate them and keep them fresh. And, whoo, Patrick's got a bad ankle. To, to your point, they don't blitz. Right. So you can rush four, drop seven, and say, all right, I dare you. Me, all the while, they bring in some pressure. Right. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Kansas City. And they don't have a run game. Uh-uh. So the Eagles will be pinning their ears back and coming after Patrick, and it's going to be rough. So, you know, the as we talk about that and draw the comparison against DVD coming back to the Bills, because we talked about it early in the year, right? When I looked at the Bills' uh, front four this year before Miller got hurt, you had Rousseau, who was playing really well. You had uh, Oliver, who was playing well. Plus, then you had Lawson and, and Phillips and hey, Settled. You had all these guys up there, and they were rotating them through as well. We weren't blitzing. Right, and we were we were still getting pressure, and it seems like as soon as Von Miller got hurt, everything went south. Right, right. The, the guys get injuries. Rousseau, his play went in the toilet. Right, right. we had AJ Epinesa, same thing. Right, all of a sudden these guys weren't showing up, and that forced Leslie Frazier to start bringing Milano. Starting bringing guys off the corner, off the edge, and where you had seven that could cover, now right. you were back with five, right? And zones opened up wide open, right? Right. Though you know, and those uh, those front guys when they're playing well, it makes everybody else play well. You know, when the when there's a lot of pressure on the quarterback, the DBs are that much better. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. that much better. So when you don't have pressure, it's you know it's tough to cover these guys. You know, in the NFL, these guys are, you know, unbelievable world-class athletes. So a second makes a big difference. You know what I mean? That That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. So, again, once again, we're here with Nate Turner, former Buffalo Bill from the magical golden era. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, we'll be a lifetime, lifetime friend. Appreciate you, man, for back in the day. Really do. So, all right. So you, you – you're going with Philly. Do you think that the stage is too big for Jalen Hurts? No. 
No, he's been through so much, man. He's been through so much, and he manned up. It's not like, you know, he stayed. He stayed at uh, Alabama another year when he probably should. You know, when most kids would have left. He manned up, fought it out. Once he saw it was no, it was no winning it for whatever reason. He left. He left and went to Oklahoma and did well and didn't say a word. Never said a bad word about Alabama. Never said a bad word about Tua. And now, and now look at him. You, you know, it, it's so funny that you bring that, right? Because, you know, if you follow the history of whether it be Alabama or college football itself, right, you had Hurts that was in that national championship game, and then they brought in Tua. Tua throws that laser. And now it was a laser, right? Dropped the dime for the touchdown. And all of a sudden, Alabama wins, goes on to win. And now, you you know, where 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 does Jalen fit in this, right? And they really didn't throw with Jalen, right? It, it, I don't really understand that, that offense that they were running there. And then the next year, your point, he stayed quiet, right? He, he stayed quiet. But when he went to Oklahoma, man. I mean that that was an aerial son. I think he threw for almost five thousand yards with with yeah. Oklahoma, right? Heisman, a Heisman finalist at Oklahoma, right? This is the guy that was getting booed all over the place in Tuscaloosa. Goes to Norman and gets a free ride over over to to New York to sit on the stage. I mean, just incredible. But then gets drafted to sit behind Carson Wentz, <laughs> right? But he put in he he paid his dues. In, in all fairness, he paid his dues. Right. Um, he, he shut his mouth and worked. You know what I mean. And that says a lot about you know kids nowadays. You know what I mean. A lot of kids uh, panic, pull up stake, run. You know what I mean. Never to be heard from again. You know, in most cases, because you know you can't you can't hook your horse. You can't hook your wagon to that type of horse. You know what I mean. You need somebody that's gonna have you know high high character, gonna you know buckle down and work through whatever yeah. you know obstacles. So let me, let me ask you a question. We we brought a name out in the conversation uh, talking about Jalen Hurst. We were talking about you. You mentioned Tua. Tua is in the news recently, right? For just clearing concussion protocol. And if you look at the season. He had three. They've recognized two, but he had three. He had the concussion from when Milano hit him, right? And that was week three game. Then he had the concussion the following week in the Cincinnati game where he shouldn't have been out there because of uh, of the first concussion, right? right? And then they realized they made a mistake. But, I mean, he got thrown down on his head on that one. Right. And then he had one, what was it, the – second to last or third to last game of the season that pretty much had him done for the rest of the season. Just clearing concussion protocol almost two months later, Are you? if you're Tua, are, are you really having that conversation as to, hey, Mike McDaniel, I want to come back? Or are you having it with your family saying, yeah, I, I think enough is enough? You know, it, it depends on the, on the family. You know, we don't really know what type of pressure his family's putting him under. I mean, honestly, it's time to walk away. Everybody's head has a certain amount of softness to it. Everybody, yep. Everybody's not the same. Some people can stick their head in the propeller blade 15 times, and some guys can only do it once. You know what I mean? And so his head is obviously softer than most. So you have to honestly look at that and be honest with yourself about it. 
and yeah. try to walk away. You know what I mean? You know, you know, or at least try to try to be, you know, stick around to, you know, to get a pension, something. But I don't see him. I see it ending bad. You know what I mean? Troy Aikman had a bunch of concussions at the end of his career, but it wasn't at the beginning. You know what I mean? Sure. You start getting them over and over and over again. You, you know, you're uh, you're obviously wired that way. Yeah, I, I look at what's interesting about the concussion and, and retiring due to concussion. One of my favorite receivers growing up um, was Sterling Sharp, Green Bay, right? 84. Love Sterling Sharp. Lo- loved his game. I love when he was playing quarterback with Don Mikowski, right? Back when he first broke the Magic in. Man. Magic from, man. Buff- from Buffalo, by the way. From Buffalo, yes. Yep. And he had to retire due to a neck injury. You knew at that point in time, he knew it, that he couldn't continue because it was a neck injury. He knew what was going on, the doctors, and you you physically can't play the game anymore. As much as it hard, was, was hard for Sterling Sharp to walk away, he knew he had the x-rays. He had everything about his neck, and he walked away. When you have an, an injury like concussions where you don't see it, Right. Yeah. You get injured. Your your head gets uncloudy. I don't know what. Right. Everything comes back into focus. And it's like, well, I can play. Right. I'm back into focus. Everything's good. And I wonder as a player. Does that does that make a difference that. A physical injury where doctors say you can't play anymore to a soft injury where. You know, you're often here with quarterbacks. They say, well, I got a concussion. I'm going to go on play. Troy Aikman. You mentioned Troy. Steve Young had concussion problems. Does a play like to look at and say, you know what? I, I'm not, I'm not hurt. I can go play. Does like something yeah, like that come in, uh, in your head? I believe everything changed with uh, Demar. Everything changed because trust me, I had a bunch of, I had a long talk with Andre Reed, like that night, like when it happened. Just because you know, you realize you risking your body, but you didn't realize you were risking your life. Mm. Then you come to that realization, like, oh man, that's that could have happened to me. It could have happened, you know what I mean? It could have happened to anybody. So now you look at things a little differently. You know, back in the day, you know, they had the little smelling sauce packs. If you felt buzzed, you get a little smelling sauce and get back in there. (laughs) That's the the reality of it. It wasn't concussion protocol. You just, man, I can't uh, you know, and the thing is is that in the NFL, you uh Trust me, there wasn't much of a difference between Carwell and that. So, therefore, if I'm getting in there to play, I'm not coming out. I'm not right. coming out. Why would I come? Why would I give him a chip? Why would I give him a shot? So, I remember playing with one eye, one eye closed because when I opened two, I was seeing double. So, I had to close one to see, and I played at least three or four plays like that because you're not coming out. Mm-hmm. If I come out, it could be. You know what I mean? It could be last time you you're in there. It could, you know. Oh, so, man, football players are strange, strange animals. And, that's real. Man. and we uh, we there's just like we don't like if someone's hurt, we don't go visit them. When I hurt my knee, nobody came to visit me because the sight of me being hurt reminds them that they're human. Mm-hmm. And you cannot play this game unless you believe you're the baddest man on the planet. So therefore, psychologically, you can't just, you know, oh, man, let me go check on my man. And 
he's just had surgery and you go in there and look at him like, oh man, and it just reminds you it could have been you. So you stay away from that. I mean, the DeMar situation was different. It was different. And I don't think people realize how different it was, you know what I mean? that Because uh, you know when, you, you know what happens when you die, right? You, you urinate and you mm. defecate on yourself. That's why they surround him so tight because that's what happened. They didn't want nobody to see that. That that's why everybody looked so crazy, like they had yeah. never seen anything because they haven't seen anything like that before. You've seen people knocked out before. You never seen somebody die before. You know, so yeah, that's it. This just uh, football players are a different breed, you know. And you love the game, and you uh, and I'd do it again. I it, you know I would. There's not one thing I would do differently. But, let, let, let me ask you this question. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Well, could I, you now at your age, you look back and say, Tua should retire. If you're in that spot at his age, do you think you could have made that decision to walk away from the game? Probably not. Because you, you've been conditioned to believe you're a superhero for so long. You know what I mean? And then now everything's cool. I'm good. I'm, everything's clear now. I'm good. So, yeah, as a, as a 53-year-old man, yeah, you can make the decision. As a 24-year-old man, right. that's a rough one. That, that's where I wonder where his mom and dad are with it, right? To, to right. Be... And, they, and, they're, and they're a really close family. Right. They're a really close family. And I don't know. But then that depends on... You know, if he's the hero of the family, he's the savior of the family. And that's what, you know, I don't know. That's uh, what a, that's they call it, building one. generational wealth, right? Because he's in that position where he can get that next contract and have that generational wealth for his whole family and Correct. really take care of them for life. So you're right. It's a right. heavy for a young man. What price, though? Right? No, no, yeah. but it, it, you're, you're right. It's just that's part of what you're weighing, whether – your family is saying, hey, you should retire. But you're saying, man, if I hold on and I'm able to get through this, I can really set my whole family, my grandkids, my everybody up for life. And so. In what place? If, if that's what you're worried about, he's got his little brother over in Maryland. And hopefully, you know, he can be the one to, to, to carry that mantle. But Nate, I, I wanted to ask you a question because you, you talked about back when you were playing. And one of the guys on the team that was susceptible to concussions and just it's almost the wrong place, wrong time was Don Beebe. Don Beebe took some of the most vicious hits that I had ever seen before in the so game. Mark, Mark Kelso also. And, and Ke but Kelso was trying to deliver, right? He, he wasn't more on the receiving end as much as Beebe because you would see Beebe. I'll never forget. Actually, I'm I will tell you a funny story. And this story – this story is hilarious. So Elijah Pitts, Elijah Pitts was an awesome coach, man. And he took care of us. So all the running backs was like a little family within the family. He brought us in the meeting room. He said, y'all got to see this shit. This is what's ugly. So we at least at least two or three times during the time I was in Buffalo, I saw Mark Kelso backpedal into the goalpost. <laughs> like actually backpedal into the goalpost on film. We were like, what's, what's wrong with Mark Kelso? Check this out. I guarantee he got CTE. I promise you. 
He, he's he a backpedal into the goalpost. Through the end zone into the goalpost. He used to wear the kazoo. Yes. The extra yep. pad. Yep. Like that's going to help the inside of your head. Yep. I, I remember when he came out with it, they called that kazoo. I, um, yeah, the reason why I brought up BB was, you know, there there was the last time I ever saw somebody on the field where they were out and their arm was up in the air was BB right. on the sideline. And, and as I say, I'll never forget, but I think it was against Green Bay. Not sure, but whoever it was. It was Green Bay. Okay, there you, and he, he's just laying like this. I was like, you know, what's going on? Motionless with his arm frozen like that. We saw that and then, again. And then his arm slowly came down. Yes. Yeah, I remember and, that. And he took all kinds of – and he had the one where he got flipped upside down, bounced right on his head, right? I mean, you're talking – and I think about it, you know, it, I guess it's just the generation and the expectation, right? You mentioned they would give you the smelling salts, and then that was it. There was no concussion protocol. All of his hits should have been concussion protocol. Right. right, and I'm wondering, you know, with with the guys from your era, did how you, and maybe it's just to your point, just a man up. I'm not giving up my spot, right? Yeah, but I, in, the, in that in that same breath, mm-hmm. if if Demar was Steve Atwater, that wouldn't happen. Ooh, okay, right? okay. So that's the that's the seven on seven mentality that these kids have now. They just trust me. Steve Atwater would have tried to knock T. Higgins' face off. He right. Wouldn't have, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have been open chest. He yeah. Would have been open chest, but that's just you know being devil's advocate and what you know what I mean. Yeah. Just, if yep. that play would have took place in a different era, you know, it, well, I mean, trust me, uh, Palomau, Palomau. Would have been it'd have been a different deal. <laughs> well, well, that now you've just opened up a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> so now <laughs> I I hear you mentioned the seven out seven. You you're saying that the game is soft, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, well, it, I'm not saying the game is soft. I'm saying that the kids aren't tackling as much as they used to. So therefore, with seven out seven is no tackling. So therefore, you really don't practice putting yourself in a position to take to take a shot or give a shot. You know what I mean? When I came up, it was low man wins, never give up your chest. That's low man wins. You know, standing up is not low man wins. You know, especially against a monster like T. Higgins. He's 6'4", 220, runs a 4'3". Mm-hmm. Animal. Yeah, I, I guarantee you, and people don't, People try to to stray away from the this conversation because those are facts, you know what I mean. And I guarantee you, when when T when T Higgins saw him like that, he saw he was like, "Man, I'm about to put this dude on my highlight film." That's exactly what he thought. Yeah, you know the funny thing is, before that play, when Buffalo had the possession of the ball, Diggs, smaller guy, tried to do the exact same thing to the corner for Cincinnati. Don't know the name. But kind of flex that he the guy buckled right, got back right. up. The digs kind of flexed on him, right? Right. Uh, it, it, it it's just you know you see the the, I guess how it just transitioned into that. But um, yeah, this, I, it's just the. I mean, how old is 
DeMar, 24. That's mm. that's about the time when 707 was getting big in high school. So, you know, it's just this, I believe that's a 707 injury because you just he just hasn't had the chance to put himself in a contact favorable position. Okay. Okay. So, Nate, let, let me let me transition a little bit. You you have uh just going more personal. Uh talk about your kids in and you got you got one a freshman in school? Yeah, freshman in St. Xavier here in Chicago. He's a quarterback. He's doing well. He he should be the starter this year as a freshman. And uh hopefully they make a couple runs at some national championships in AI. So how did you get a quarterback in the family? You we, we, we had to evolve. Both of my sons are quarterbacks. I was, <laughs> I've I've been the hammer and the nail for too long. They make rules <laughs> to protect quarterbacks. <laughs> yes, so they I do. Right away, I was like, "Yeah, y'all need to play quarterback." And luckily enough, they had some talent to do it. Okay. Now, now in the Chicago area, is he going to your alma mater there? No, no, no. They didn't. You know what, my, uh, you know, sometimes, man, shoes are too big to feel. Like my little brother had an issue going to my high school, you know, because he was coming right behind me. And I wouldn't want to put that type of pressure on any kid. Go cut your own, your own path. You know what I mean? Go do, you know, become you. Do you. You don't have to worry about dad. Dad played his last play a long time ago. You don't need the people to keep bring, even though they still bring it up, but they can't bring it up if you, you know, at a different school doing it, playing a different position. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, listen, man. I know we struggled trying to trying to get you going, but we finished strong, and I do appreciate you. I really do. Oh, no you're, welcome. you're you're welcome back anytime, right? We we're gonna keep it rolling. We're gonna go on a little hiatus. I don't think we've officially announced it, but you know, once the season is, we're gonna go on a little hiatus. But uh, we'll come back. You know, season six, and you know, always have an open invite. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I love y'all, man. I watch y'all yeah. show all the time. I appreciate you. All right, cool. appreciate you. All right, take care. Yeah, that that, that was good. A, a lot, a lot, a lot of good insight. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that that insight, like you said, it's just to hear that. It's precious. It's uh, yeah, it's great. Educational, everything. So Stevie D, uh, Nate, Nate gave his his, I guess, prediction, right? I think we, now now that we don't have really any skin in the game here, I, I have no problems putting out numbers and, and predictions and everything else. But I think if we look at it, he summed it up for us, right? I He took everything that I was going to say, maybe everything that you were going to say, right? When you look at this game, I think when you look at Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a dynamic run team that makes their aerials, aerial assault potent. You got a tight end that can move all over the place and got it, right? So the weapons are right there, but that run game is so impressive that what they have, right? Yeah. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball, and all you got to mention is the front four, right? I don't care if the other seven, right? That front, front four is coming. And I when I look at Kansas City, I just don't see it, 
right? I obviously Mahomes can is a magician, right? I give him that. Mahomes to Kelsey is is you know maybe on par or better than Brady to Gronkowski, right? I, they they are just there, right? And Kelsey can do whatever. But then you start getting some of the questions. Sky Moore is a question. Hardman's out. You have Tony. Um, you have Scantling, right? Edwards Alaire is back. I, I, I like play. He's back, but I don't know if he's going to play. Okay. Now, uh, I do. What, what I heard the other day here is that they're not sure. They're testing him to see if he can go, but because he hasn't played in so long, they're not sure if he's going to play. Okay. Now I I like Pacheco, Pachenko, and, and I like McKinnon. I, I think that's a nice one-two punch, but I don't know if that's enough, Stevie D. I really don't. Yeah, I I don't I don't have the Chiefs winning this game. I don't. Um, look, Nate said it. You, now you're saying it, right? It's we're all in alignment here. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like a twenty-point loss. I just that front four. I know the Chiefs' offensive line is healthy, not like there was against the Bucs when they weren't healthy and the Bucs dominated their their offensive line. And Mahomes, who somehow tried to make it a game, he got the balls off, balls hitting the guy in the in the, in the, in the helmet, catch out of you know in the corner of the end zone, the guy drops the ball. I mean that stuff. Not, Mahomes put the ball where it needed to be. The receivers didn't make the play, and it was you know a couple plays here or there. The receivers make a play. It's a different Super Bowl. Even with all that pressure, mm-hmm. I just – I don't – the Chiefs' offensive line, for the most part, is underperformed in the regular season. In the playoffs, they've been better. They've been getting stronger. I just don't think it's enough to stop the Eagles' front four. And if you mm-hmm. can drop and not blitz like we all have talked about, right, what a difference in a game. When you don't have to blitz, let, let me let me ask you a question. Hey, I just this is part of the Super Bowl conversation, but really maybe it heads towards the draft, towards the rebuild, right? We're starting to see this, right? It's been known, but the league changes, the league evolves, right? At one point in the league, you had to have shutdown, lockdown corners, Revis, Dion. Right, Daryl Green, and, and there's a host of names where you looked in the draft and they were drafting corners in, in your top 10, right? You, you had all these top corners that were going. You had a period of time where in, in your top 10 were these dynamic outside linebackers, right? And that goes back a long time, right? Even Bennett and, and McKeith McCants and all these guys that were coming out um, that were these great outside linebackers. The defensive line in the college draft has been steady, but not a heavy emphasis on the defensive line like we've seen at other positions, right? So where I'm going with this, and it's not official yet, but we talked about it, Nate talked about it, right? The media has talked about it, where if I have the pressure from my front four, that allows me to have seven guys in coverage. I then clog up your zones, right? If I have guys that, you know, I need to double, 
that's okay because now my safety can rotate. I can play a cover three and rotate into a cover two, right? Things of that sort that where you don't expose yourself because you're relying on your front four. Does that mean that in these drafts and coming up that teams are going to start to get more focused in those top 10 of just going after the dominant defense alignment? Not necessarily the edge rushers either, right? With Philly, they, they have it all throughout, but – it's really in that middle where it's all happening. I think it's um, depth and having seven to eight guys that you can rotate. Um, like the Jets were not the Eagles with the front four, right? But the Jets got after the quarterback with that front four. And they fixed the edge issue that they had for years. when We didn't have anybody on the edge getting sacks. And all of a sudden, this year it's all clicking and we're getting sacks on the edge. We're getting sacks up the middle and it absolutely makes a difference. And that's one of the things I liked about Salah when he come over, came over is we're going to have seven to eight guys up front. We're going to rotate them and keep people fresh all four quarters. So when you get to the fourth quarter and everybody's getting tired, we're going to have fresh legs in there, mm-hmm. right? The 49ers did it. The Milka Ryan, Salah, when he was there, rotated it. The Eagles rotate their line the jets rotate their line i would say i would assume some degree too in buffalo you, you rotate the line i think that's the key is building that line with depth to to bring that pressure all four quarters because you can't do anything to a quarterback anymore right you could say i'm going to go in and take that hit i want to let that quarterback know i'm here right that first quarter you take that big hit on that quarterback if you take the penalty you take the penalty now you just can't do that anymore right next thing you know you're getting flagged and it's one count being thrown out of the game it's just it's different today where where you can't hit the quarterback so to i would say rotation on that front line is so key to keep everybody fresh and the eagles right now are very good with that very good with that uh now Mahomes, he's he's cagey, right? He he can he can create room for himself. He does these weird passes and gets out of it. He he's cagey that way. Their receivers with with Kelsey, even with their running backs, look, I think they're going to expose some of that and, and create space, and, and they're going to be able to move the ball. I don't think the the Chiefs are going to get shut down. They're very creative. I I just think that the Eagles are so well rounded. Um, Bradbury, what an addition to Bradbury as a corner, right? He got cut from the Giants. He signs there. I know you want him there, there in Buffalo, right? I and he signs with the Eagles. Tremendous year for the Eagles. I it just their defense is solid. You just outlined the offensive side, right? And their wide receivers are legit, right? AJ Brown and, and, and Devontae Smith, right? From Two Alabama. Number one. Two right. number ones on there. Right. I mean, did you see that catch he made? I know they it was really a drop, but just that that catch uh, was ridiculous. Um, it was ruled a catch; it shouldn't have been, but it was it, it was a you know catch, uh, you know, in the game. And, and I just look at them. You mentioned the tight end Goddard, and you got Miles Sanders, and, and it's just they have a lot. So I think offensively, I like the Eagles offensively, right? I didn't even mention Jalen Hurts and what he brings to the table because of what he can do, and he can throw it. Right, he's got great legs and can and can get out, but then when you think, okay, he's going to do something, he can just stop where he's at and deliver that football. So he, they got the quarterback, and they're pretty darn good on special teams too, right? So they have the trifecta. I don't know if I can say if I match up this person and this person. Okay, they got him on tight end. 
I'll say Mahomes is a better quarterback than Hurts. But Hurts is different than Mahomes. Wait, who do you have the tight end go to? Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah. Kelsey's better He's than close. Goddard. But it's close. I don't think it's no, I, I think that's unfair to say it's close. Kelsey's pretty darn special. He just finds these spots. I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't give it to Kelsey, but I'm not saying that I'm saying close that the gap the, 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 not the it's, it's close because Goddard is a legit weapon at tight end. Kelsey is special, right? Again, Kelsey is Hall of Fame. Goddard is Hall of Good. Right. Right. And I, I look at the wide receivers like Tony, they get creative with Tony. But I don't know enough about Tony to, to say that he he's going to be a difference maker in this game for Kansas City. Juju, okay, he had a game here or there for Kansas City. I don't know what he's going to do in the Super Bowl. Scantlin, MVS, he's had some good games. He had a good game in the playoffs, right? He's a good right now, I would say. But on, on both three of their receivers were hurt um, in the championship game, so hopefully they've gotten healthy in, in, the, in, the, in the two weeks. I just look at, at the Eagles and I say – I don't know how the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, I would say the Chiefs would win because the Eagles are maybe inexperienced. And how do they handle the two weeks and the prep and then all of, all the stuff that happens, as you say, before the game? Yeah. Right? The because there is something like that, right? Um, uh, Cope just said a couple weeks ago, right, and how the Thurman Thomas and and, and Jim Kelly and Thurman, uh, I mean Bruce Smith shot the young kids down. And said, hey, this is what you're going to do. This is what you need to do because this is what's going to happen. Do the Eagles have folks like they got Dominic and Sue? He's played in the Super Bowl. So maybe they have some players that can help out. Um, you have a rookie coach that's never coached in the Super Bowl. Um, does he change? Does he change in the Super Bowl? Because now it's the Super Bowl. It's not the playoffs. It's the Super Bowl. Does he change his game plan? Andy Reid, this is his fifth Super Bowl, right? He doesn't have the greatest record in the Super Bowl, but it's his fifth Super Bowl. So there's a lot of factors there that maybe the Chiefs can make up some of those. What I say, they don't win in the position players, right? If you were to check off receiver, tight end, quarterback, defensive line, um, corners, safeties, and you go through all the positions, the Eagles out of the 22 starters, let's say the Eagles had a um, a 14, uh, 14 to 8 advantage. Right. So then it comes down, okay, can Sirianni outmaneuver Reed? I mean, can Reed, you know what I'm saying? I shouldn't say mm -hmm. Sirianni would outcoach Reed, but can Andy Reed outcoach the Eagles? Or does the Eagle coach just tense up? Yeah. Right. It, it is a Super Bowl. You know, he's aggressive. Maybe he's not aggressive because now it's the Super Bowl and you're going to get critiqued more. Or maybe he goes on the other end and say, you know what? I got my homes over there. I'm going to be ultra aggressive and then it backfires. Right, I, I don't know. And so it's going to be interesting, uh, but I do have the Eagles in this one. I actually have I, – I think the Eagles win big. And I think it's going to – I think it's going to snowball is what I think is going to happen. I think that defense in that front four is going to create enough pressure to have Kansas City punt a couple times. And that's all it's going to take, right? You turn that punt into points preferably touchdown. You you turn that in, all of a sudden 7-7 seven, seven, seven turns into 14-7, turns into 21-7, and now the mentality, now the way that the defense is, is approaching everything, you know, they're trying to grasp for answers. How do we do this? How do we do that? And then it just steamrolls. I, I see like a 
a 41-14, 41-17 type game. I do. I, I think they run it up. And I have it 34-24. Okay. Now, here's the other thing that they haven't talked about. The high ankle sprain. Say what you will. Any other player, any other time, they will tell you that that high ankle sprain takes weeks to recover from. Weeks. Not two, not three. It takes weeks to recover from. Mahomes has been playing on it and, you know, first week back, oh, he looks great. He looks good. Well, yeah, he does because, you know, you shot him up. He's got tape, right? That That's why he looks good. Then you saw him limp again, right? He limped in the game which meant that something was wearing off and the tape wasn't as strong as it was when it first started. He's still playing it. This is his first time to have true rest on that ankle. But when it's, when it's that bad, that high ankle sprain, it, it impairs your mobility. And if you're coming at me with that front four and it's hard for me to go to my left, you know, that you're, you're going to be susceptible to errors. We'll we'll see. I, I'm you know I hate for an injury to to be a cause or a reason, but I, I certainly could see the Eagles trying to take advantage of that and put the stress. If, if everything is good, prove it to us because we're coming. Here's where I doubt it's truly a high ankle sprain. I've had a high ankle sprain. I'm not an athlete, for sure. And I tell you, I I couldn't I couldn't walk on it for weeks. Just normal walking. When Mahomes goes to the podium, and there's been plenty of camera views of him walking to a podium and walking out, he's nowhere near a high ankle sprain. I don't think it's a high ankle sprain. I think they've called it a high ankle sprain. I think he's hurting, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's a high ankle sprain. Like, I would call it a regular sprain, regular ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. There's just no way. And I just think they're, they've are they said it as a high ankle sprain, maybe as a way to think that he's not as mobile. I don't. I don't think it's a high ankle sprain. I'm sorry. I, right. like, well, I'm not convinced. High not the way he moved. Not the way he came back in that game. I'm sorry. A high ankle sprain. You're not coming back in the original game. It, it just can't right. happen. To say he's superhuman, he's not superhuman. It's not a high ankle sprain. I'm sorry. It's not a high ankle sprain. Right. It's just not. Quarterback or not? I think they're lying. I think they're I think they're lying on the. What? Questioning Andy Reid. Andy yeah. Reid and his motives. Ah. ah, so all right, so I got 41 17, 34 24 from you, Stevie D. Is that correct? Yes, all right, Stevie D. Our, our season's winding down too. Uh, we're, we're gonna cap off our season with the finale from um, the exhibition game. I'm back to calling it the exhibition game. Oh, and by the way, next week's show will not be Wednesday. Oh, because it's our intern's 18th birthday. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we won't be on the 15th because I'm not getting I'm not getting in trouble. <laughs> is, is he is he going to come on the show? Yeah, probably not. He's camera. Okay. Show. You know, come on, buddy. But uh, yeah, so we will see you next next week sometime next week yeah. same bad channel just you know not maybe same bad time but uh yeah we're next week's show will after that we're going to go on a little bit of hiatus um try to get some good content getting ready for the next season obviously 
you know, we're going to pop in and out, start into the regular season, start of, of free agency. The Jets just lost their quarterback to the Saints because I had Carr going to the Jets. I just knew that was a done deal. I know you said other names, but it just made sense to me. It really did. I was like, well, you got him there. You got the contract. You got the wide receivers. He's not a bad quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Top 10 in my book. Top 10. And the Saints took him. Yeah. So, yeah, now, from what I understand, it's a done deal to the Saints. Um, they they came. He has to waive the no trade. And yeah. the, what I heard today is that he wants to be cut. So that, I thought that was interesting. Now he's requesting not to be traded, that to be cut. So it sounds like to me he's not going to waive the no. He's not going to waive the no trade. So if you get cut, but you've already talked to the Saints. You still could go to the Saints, but now you can, if you go to the Saints, you can redo your deal. And you're not giving up a draft pick. It, well, a very valid, right? Now, if you redo your deal, do you redo your deal for less to make it more cap friendly? Right? Because you would be great. It depends on, on the player and how much money you're willing to give up, right? Because you can still redo a contract and lay it out where you can still get paid and you just stretch yeah. the money out, right? Because yeah. it's not like he's got two years left on, on his career. You can re-sign him to a five-year deal and, and give that money and spread it out, and he just feel like he's still getting paid. But look, here in the NFL, it's how much money are you going to pay your quarterback because if you want to win, you got to have playmakers and how much money can go around when you're talking about a 40 to plus million dollar quarterback and then – you have wide receivers you're going to want to pay. Now, the Saints, from a wide receiver position, they're not paying a lot of money, right? Alave is yeah. going to be a stud, right? He was rookie. very good as a rookie. He's on that rookie contract. Michael Thomas, I don't think he's ever going to play again, but okay. I, I just look at their wide receiver room, and I'm like, okay, everybody's on the cheap. So you can get away with paying Derek Carr, right, and not have that that repercussions of that right now. Um, look, I, I think it's a good move for the Saints. Would, I don't would know you if it's the right move for the Jets. Um, we're, we're cap. We're cap. Uh, would you take Jameis? Would I? No. Is Jameis done? No, I don't think he's done in the league. I don't. I just don't know if he'll be a starter. I. I just don't. I. I don't but see he's it. That gunslinger, and that. That's why. That's why I thought about that with the Jets. Or is it too much with the media up there would, would kill him? Yeah, if I'm Jameis, I wouldn't want to go to the Jets. You you because everybody knows him for interceptions, whether they're his fault or not. You just have it. And then all of a sudden you get into that, and then the media it, it's just harmful. Really, at the end of the day, I told you in text, I think the Jets are looking at two quarterbacks, Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is their first choice if they can make the trade where they're not giving up two number ones, if they can give out two number twos or a one and a two, I think they would pull that trade knowing that Aaron would redo his deal and they have to figure out how to make the money work. I think they're the number one. And I think the fallback is Jimmy G because Sala knows uh, Jimmy G and has history of being on the same team with him and knows his character, right? Um, I, it brings I, the edge to the Jets, right? Think about it. We're going to get a lot of the um, um, uh, actresses to, to come out and, and watch him play. Um, and so we'll have that kind of notoriety. I, 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 from what I'm hearing, 
the Pimps and Hoes Bowl is going to move from from Vegas to New York City, um, and that's the that's the life that Jimmy G brings, right? And so the players will thank him, um, and uh, so that that's the thing that Jimmy G brings. Is that, well, is that okay? That's to say, for, or is that for after dark? No, 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 because Zach Wilson is like, man, look at look at what we got going on. Zach Wilson goes for mom's friends. Jimmy G brings everybody's mom's friends to the, to the table. So, yeah. You know, you know, you mentioned Rodgers. I don't know. No, I do know. I would not pull the trigger on Rodgers. I would not. Because I think you have built something and you're still in the middle of building something. And if you're trading, you're giving up something that two, three, four years down the line could pay dividends for a guy that may, first of all, you don't know if his heart's in it. I mean, every year he, he's off to Budapest or wherever he's going, you, you know, having these hot, hot sauna, yoga, cleansing type sessions, right? Comes back with the man bun and all that kind of stuff. And you don't know if he's truly dedicated. He didn't look great this year, right? It, yeah, you can say the team wasn't great, but he didn't look great. And you're paying for a name. You you remember when we talked a long time ago, probably off air, but we were talking about players and where they're getting paid. And one of the things that you told me, if I if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but that baseball players get paid for what they did, not what they're going to do or what they're doing present time, right? And that almost feels like Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers, if you were to bring Aaron Rodgers in, you're bringing Aaron Rodgers in for what he did in the past, maybe not what he would do in the future. And that would concern me. So I think Aaron Rodgers still has the skills. What I don't like about Aaron Rodgers is ego. Um, I don't, and maybe his ego won't be as great because he's changing locker rooms. So you don't have that cachet in this locker room, right? You could have that ego in Green Bay because the fans all adored you out there and you're the guy and this is my city, this is my stadium, blah, blah, blah. You come over, you don't have that cachet there with the Jets. I think our owner wants to make that splash. And that's the major part. He goes to the Jets, and I hope when you play Buffalo, you say, Buffalo's my daddy. Yeah, now Chicago wasn't man enough to slap that out of you. But, oh, yeah, in the 716, baby, <laughs> I wish you would. <laughs> I, I, I just think our owner wants to make that splash trade to energize the fan base off of what happened last year with the lack of quarterback play, what could have been with that, that defense if you had a quarterback. Um, and so they try to end the playoff streak. Isn't there another name that can bring that? I, th- sure, this Derek is me. Carr could. Derek this Carr is me. a good quarterback. And, and I'm not – this is not the anti-Jets Buffalo fan. This is me taking a step back, right? I still – I would value my assets and go out and get the Derek Carr or who else is out there. I'm not as I'm not sold on Jimmy G, right? I, that that one I'm not sold on, right? Because I don't like his in-game decision making. I don't like that, I don't like his health. Guy can't stay healthy, so I, what, I'm going to be putting Zach Wilson back in the game. It, right? There you go. Help me. 
There are cards you got to go get from a health, and he's got you. You can get. You could probably get eight to nine years out of Derek. Carr. Yes. Yes. Which it just adds up that that's the and you're point. Not trading. You're, you were just saying it. You're not trading your draft capital because you still got things you got to plug, and, and you got to use your draft to do it. And you're using the draft to plug the holes, and you're not paying those guys any money yet, right? Because you got a defense right now ready to go. You need somebody to steer the ship because you got weapons, right? You have and, weapons. And if you have to, have, if somebody is a cap casualty. You have the draft capital to replace them, right? Right. right. I, I, I don't know. It's a Signing tough situation. A free agent quarterback is the way to go. Not making the trade because we have holes. We we can't give up that capital. We can't give up two ones for a thirty-nine-year-old quarterback. That's can't, why, can't, you know, honestly, I I go sign Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I make that move right now. You no, get I, Trubisky. I, 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 I cannot do that. Guy. I'm sorry. I can't do that guy. Okay. Him. All right. So we take him off list. Then, then, then I go sign Baker Mayfield. I, I, it's a, you know, you're talking about the number one pick overall so in the league. Just trying to sabotage my organization. So now this is where it's all turning. You know, I, I felt that when you said Trubisky, I knew this was going, and now you're going to have fun with it. But at the end of the but day, it, right. last one. I know he's out there, Josh Rosen. Right. He was projected to go in the top five. He went ten. He's been resting. Right, he's been resting, so he's good. He's been watching a lot of tape. Right, he's healthy. He health. That's what you're looking for. That's your guy. That's your guy. UCLA, not USC. Even better, Troy Aikman went to UCLA. <laughs> and this segment was brought to you by. You know what? It's the last day of school. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But that's that's what happens when you're a mess at quarterback, right? We're we're a mess at quarterback. And when your owner starts shooting your mouth off, is that we got to go make a trade? We're going to go out and get a great veteran quarterback, right? When you, dude, owners shouldn't be heard. Woody Johnson should not be heard from. The only person I need to hear from is Joe Douglas. And even that, I don't necessarily need to know the ins and outs because you're ruining the bargaining chip. So if you were going to go make the trade, your owner comes out and says something. Now I'm going to try and make a great Green Bay. Green Bay is going to say, well, <laughs> I know what your owner just did. So if you want him, it's going to cost you this, right? Or if you're trying to sign that free agent quarterback and you're trying to work work a deal, they know they got you over a barrel. Why? Because your owner says, we're going to go make a splash. Just you got no football knowledge, Woody. Just, just, just go away and write the checks, and let the guys that know what they're doing do what do what they do. And so that that's what drives me nuts about our owner. He's like a wannabe Jerry Jones. I don't know. Like he's he's all about page six in New York. He wants to be splashy, and it doesn't work. And that's one of the admiration I have for the Giants ownership is that they're quiet. They don't get out in front of the cameras. They don't have to to say something to get the back page. They let their executives do the job. And when they have to be heard, when they want to make a statement to the locker room, then they'll come out and say something to help motivate. And that's fine. But they don't get in the, in, in the way of uh, uh, football operations. And our, our owner does. And it just doesn't work. Look at the Cowboys. They haven't done anything in 30 years. 
They haven't done anything in 30 years. So you're mentioning owners, and I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this one. I know we talked about it a little bit offline, right? It hits home, right, because I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills ownership of Kim and Terry Bergula. Um, and it just came out, uh, kind of breaking her silence, was Jessica Pagula, uh, the daughter. And we had heard something, we made reference to it, heard that uh, that Kim Pagula, the owner and really president of the operations for the Buffalo Bills, had a medical condition. We didn't know. Everything was, was under wraps. And so I guess Jessica felt as though now was the time that she could kind of just air and write and, and journal everything uh, that was going on. And it was, you know, as I'm reading it, it's heartbreaking, right? Um, and first and foremost, I want to say um, that we wish Kim continued success because she's recovering, right? And she's getting stronger every day, and that's that's wonderful to hear, right? In the day, it's it's about human life, DVD. Uh, it's not the game. We love the game, but at the end of the day, it's human life. So we're very very happy to hear that she's recovering. But Jessica went on to to explain that she actually had cardiac arrest, right? And um, <clears throat> by the time you know they were able to get an ambulance there, her sister was applying CPR, right? Go think another CPR to save somebody's life, right? Um, and she was doing that until the paramedics arrived. They got her to the hospital. And there was a lot of uncertainty as to what was going to happen, right? Because of when you go through that, you know, the lack of oxygen and, you know, what's going to happen to the brain, what's going to happen to your motor skills, what's going to happen to everything. And, um, Again, if you get a chance to read it, I'm not going to do a book report on it or anything like that. But it, it was just, it was sad. It was inspiring. There was hope, right? And, and so you, you take all that, you wrap it all up. It answered a whole lot of questions. It really did uh, because we didn't see the Pagulas uh, throughout much of the season, right? And, and they're not ones to like you were talking about, try to be on page six, right? They're, they're not ones to do that. But I think they're a little, they were a little bit in between, right? They're at cleaner because you would see them, right? And they're waving. So you know that they're there, but you just didn't hear them like a Jerry Jones, right? You, you didn't hear that. Uh, but then all of a sudden we didn't see them and, and we didn't have any updates. And again, after, after reading it, it answered all the questions. I'm very happy that, that, Kim is recovering. I say it as if I know her and I really would love to meet her, right? But I'm very happy that, that she's recovering and, and happy for the Pagula family. They have a long road ahead of them, right? They certainly do. But each day is a day towards getting better, right? Each day is better than the previous. And, and that's what's most important. So, And then through all of it, if you think about it, through all of it, uh, Jessica is a top-ranked tennis player uh, on the tour, right? And reached quarterfinals, reached the finals uh, in doubles. Um, and so she was going through all of that, you know, wearing a heavy heart, right? And, and thinking about her parents and being away. And 
I, I just can't imagine, right? I really can't imagine, you know, you know, you think about the immediate and, you know, even though she's immediate, you think about what do you, what do you tell your kids, right? And a lot of people say, I, I, I want you to go do it. Don't worry about me. But as the kid, you're like, no, I have to be here. And it's that, that fight and that struggle. And, you know, Jessica said that her mother would be upset, right? If she wasn't, doing what she was supposed to do so um and then the interesting thing in the article is that um she made reference to the 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 mother and father saying your life after tennis we want to bring you in the fold right almost laying out that manifest destiny for for her right which you know we could be looking at the next future owner of the buffalo bills you know 20 years from now or, or whatever it may be so but if you do get a chance it's an excellent read uh it's a courageous right right to be able to open up and, and air what's happening with your family but i'm thankful because it does answer the questions and i'm thankful of the positive uh ending uh, that, that what she wrote, right? So showing the the progression and you know the the efforts for recovery. So as you mentioned, owners, as I as I said, I know we had talked about it briefly, but it you know I I had I had to make, make reference to that. Yeah. So all right, my friend, uh, we we will say it as we always do. You can catch us on any one of our social media platforms on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and of course, you can go to YouTube and watch a recap of our show and previous shows that are out there. When you do that, we do ask that you give us a like, give us a subscribe. And uh, if you want to shoot us a, a note, you know, send us a note. We'd love to have that interaction and converse with our fans and converse with our listeners and watchers. And by the way, if you're driving and you don't have the ability to watch it, you can listen to it on any one of the uh, podcasting platforms that are out there. Right. If you have Alexa, you can say, hey, Alexa, play OW Sports. And bam, there's Vincent Stevie D going at it. So we're out there. And, you know, definitely uh, we'd like to bring you guys along for the journey. So some cool things that we're talking about for next year. We'll, we'll probably avail that as the new year comes up. Stevie D, I want to say thanks to Nate Turner. I know we had a little choppiness early on. But once Nate got going, he was rolling, right, and, and gave some – some good insight into some of the things that we've talked about. And he also is picking the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. So for my co-host, Stevie D, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon.